Welcome to Inside the Bradfield Centre. My name is James Parton and I'm the Managing Director of the Bradfield Centre. And I'm Adelina Chalmers. I'm known as the Geek Whisperer. Joining us on today's show is Fernando Martin, who is an AI engineer at BGN Events based here at the Bradfield Centre. I look forward to speaking to Fernando and understanding a bit more about what low latency video is all about. Yeah, and you know, being an AI engineer, he's, uh, he's in the middle of a really hot area of technology right now. So it'd be really interesting to get Fernando's insight in terms of, you know, job opportunities for AI engineers and, um, and other things like that. The company being based in Brighton, uh, I'm also interested to hear how did they get into the Brighton Centre? Because from Bryceton to the Bridesville Centre is quite a long drive. So, Fernando, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, how, how your kind of career's developed, how you found yourself in Cambridge, you know, tell us your story. Hi, uh... I'm Fernando Martin. Um, so as, as you can guess, because of my accent, I, I'm not from here. I, I come from, from Spain. And um, I started, um, yeah, I, I, since I was a child, I always kind of wanted to do things around like electronics, engineering. I was playing all the time with, you know, uh, trying to uh, dismantle toys and try to find out how they work and so on. So that's how kind of like my journey started uh, back in Spain. There was like, uh, so I started studying in, in Seville, in the University of Seville. It's in the south of Spain, close to where I live. Um, and uh, yeah, I studied there like something called telecommunication engineering, which is kind of like a mixture of computer science and electrical engineering, let's say. And um, after that, I kind of um, thought like, I think I, I want to try something different, like uh, not only like... Uh, here locally, what, what you can see, because the, the technology there is, is getting there, but it's not, you know, as, as you know, developed as maybe in, in UK in terms of like, uh, you know, electronics and so on. And I, I came here with the Erasmus program. Uh, I came to um, Cranfield University. It's a university close to Milton Keynes. Uh, they have an exchange program with the students there. And I kind of like, I finished there my, my MSc. And um, I, I studied like uh, signal processing and, co and computer vision uh, back there. And after that, I kind of like look for jobs around and, and I choose Cambridge because for me, I think, you know, it's, it's a technology cluster. It has like a lot of overlap with the things I studied before. Um, yeah, I started here. Uh, I started in Cambridge Consultants, which is, you know, neighbor of like <laughs> the Bradfield Center. Uh, yeah, so I started there when we were around, I think, 400 people and then, then the company grew a lot uh, i was there for three years and then yeah very very nice company I, I learned a lot there very good professionals and uh, kind of like i started my journey around cambridge so i have been you know in different companies around here like uh, startups mainly um so after that i went to captivo which is like a, a whiteboard kind of like uh, digitalization 
uh, kind of a company doing computer vision and low level stuff uh, and, and enjoy a lot there very small team so i started getting addicted to this kind of like a startup environment and uh, you know <laughs> very fast moving environment and, and like very, very hard working people uh yeah after that i went to telensa in the south of, of cambridge uh in Soston. Uh, it was smart lighting and I was working there in the kind of smart city te uh, technology with a lot of sensors, computer vision and so on. Um, uh, more recently, I, I joined uh, BGN, uh, which uh, I joined as a fully remote employee, which was like a change for me. And uh, yeah, I'm doing there like a lot of media processing and AI kind of like in in media processing pipelines. So yeah, that's kind of like my journey and, you know, why I end up here in Cambridge. And tell us about the company you work for now. Um, what, what problem does it solve? Uh, for whom? And what's the solution do they offer? So I work for BGN. Uh, is a, a company which basically uh, does like uh, very reliable media delivery and, and kind of like infrastructure for like we 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 work for motorsport and mainly with uh, Formula One and what we do is that like all the way from the you know layer one of like uh, the technology stack uh, the com network stack kind of like in communications all the way from like wire wiring every in every race the cir circuits and to do all the media delivery and you know very extremely low latency, so very, very demanding uh, network environments. And, you know, obviously we, the company needs to provide the services uh, kind of everywhere in the world where, you know, the F1 show goes. Um, and, yeah, so basically the company is providing that and it kind of like grow in different areas and went kind of like up the stack, let's say, and, and start delivering more software services. So I joined in the, after the company has been like for some time developing like more media platforms and I joined there to kind of like have more AI systems into the into the media platform to deliver more value in different aspects uh, and to different people uh, consuming those media streams. So yeah, that's kind of like the high level. So is the is the company specialism then actually going out, you know, almost like outside broadcast then, where you're going to actual live events and uh, delivering the infrastructure into in like a temporary situation, um, or do you also kind of have permanent infrastructure as well? So I think I think a bit of both, and I guess with with COVID um, it changed uh, somehow because as as far as I know, like uh, things are now run from um, more kind of like from from UK rather than from from everywhere around the globe where F one used to travel because you know there were many restrictions and I think they they have like a quite big number of people in every event like hundreds of people like running every event so that with um, uh, with COVID, uh, they, that changed and that could that was not possible. So they kind of like the way they run all the production and things like that um, kind of stayed more here around the UK. So it's a bit of a mixture, but I think where where the company delivers value is like you know being able to put together and to bring up all the a very very reliable infrastructure in, in very different situations and you know move all all the equipment around and you know have everything ready for you know you cannot really have any any errors or, you know uh, when you are doing a show live and in motorsports if you can understand like there are many many things going on like uh, you know feeds in terms of like telemetry audio video uh, multiple cameras so it's it's a proper show uh so that that's what the company does 
Yeah, that was going to be my follow-up question. You know, is it is it are you delivering then like um, audio and video for the actual media coverage of the races, or you're also doing things like team analytics and data and all that kind of stuff? You know, what what kind of media are you transporting? Yeah, so that's 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 part of the things we are like um, the company started doing, as I was saying before, uh, a bit more now, like uh, getting more involved in kind of like all the delivery of the content, not only from the very low level where, you know, they were just being uh, moving packets around and, you know, and and, and feeding uh, that data to different, uh, you know, um, people who were interested on that, like teams, F1 broadcaster and so on. So um, now we move more around like um, using that data also, like all of that telemetry, you know, GPS positioning, all the inductive loops they have in the circuits, how, like, how, just how they track the, the cars uh, in the track uh, and, and, you know, trying to do more clever stuff with all the media. So in terms of like the media we use, is yes, it's around video and audio, uh, but we have access to basically all all the feeds simultaneously. So what you see on, on the broadcast on the TV uh, is a subset of that, obviously, and it goes through production. So we basically have all the raw inputs. So if you can imagine, there are many interesting things that can be done there. So the question I, I wanted to ask you actually about this, um, the, the cameras that are being used in this low latency um, media delivery are they your cameras or are they the cameras of the kind of the network or how, how does that does that work? Do you have to have, I suppose what I'm trying to find out is, do you have to have the technology for these very accurate cameras that can catch high speed uh, events or does someone else provide those? So uh, as far as I know, at, at the moment, those are provided by kind of F1. It's kind of like a company which runs all the production. I mean, there are, a few companies running different bit and pieces, so it's, it's a bit more complex, but uh, I don't know that much. <laughs> and they are provided by then, usually, and I think, like, you know, because they are, like, in very complex places and they need to handle, like, for instance, uh, the cameras that go into the car, they are they have a, a radio frequency link, so they need to handle all of those communications and, and, you know, bandwidth is very limited. And if you think about, like, it's a car going at very high speed and, and you know, like, in, in a circuit where, you know, it's, it's maybe not completely ideal or the radio frequency environment. So that's very challenging. So they, they handle that. But uh, now, as we are, like, getting into more, like, um, kind of owning more part of the stack and of the processing, we are also trying to get closer to the cameras. So very close to the SDI feeds, which are, like, the technology they usually use uh, to, to get the video from the cameras and, and, and you know, basically were there at the very 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 close to the cameras let's say but we don't have any any cameras as you know as we own them uh, or anything like that we use the content from from someone else let's say just to pause the conversation a second and tell you a little bit more about the changes we're making at the Bradfield Centre we now offer a whole range of new flexible membership packages which support home workers hybrid home working blended with access to high quality office space and meeting room hire by the hour starting from as little as 45 pounds per month visit bradfieldcentre.com for more information or call 01223 919 600
So, so Fernando, you've got the uh, the job title of AI engineer, and you're obviously doing a lot of computer vision. We've had a, a number of companies like that at the Bradfield Center over the last few years. Um, you know, a great example with Spectral Edge, you got acquired by Apple. Well, I think it was tail end of 2019, actually. Um, so, I mean, what's I mean, we hear a lot about AI, and uh, obviously AI skills must be in demand. So, what's your what's your perspective as an AI engineer? You know, do you do you see a vibrant kind of job market for those kinds of skills? Do you have any kind of advice for people that might want to kind of move into AI? You know, what's your experience of working in a very hot area of technology right now? I think, uh, yeah, as, as you are saying, it's, it's like a, a, a very hot area and probably many people are interested on that. I think there is there is a gap between, and, and I can see it with, like, for all the people I work and, and you know, for for other people I like, kind of advise or, like, friends working in other areas. It's like, there, there is a gap still between what is, like, research and development or, or pure research and what is, like, uh, moving something to production, to a system that, you know, works 24-7 and, you know, it's, like, uh, it's a modular system. It has, like, a, a good approach in terms of, like, continuous integration, continuous delivery and, you know, more, like, software software development where, where you know, AI is a part of that. Uh, at the moment, it's kind of, like, a very a completely different uh, way to develop uh, things. Like, uh, probably in AI, there is a lot more... R and D, and 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 you know the, the making that a product. I think is where the gap is at the moment. And every company where I work for, like that's one of the most difficult things to find. So, I, and I think, like to be honest, like talking with people about that, mm, there is like a, I think a very important, a very good opportunity for for people like that has been working kind of like low level kind of like embedded um, software or kind of like you know that kind of technology where it requires you know, being very thorough and, and, and you know, and, and, and understand what is going on behind the scenes to, to move into this area. That's, that's for instance, how I start my journey. Um, so I think that is more in demand than researchers because there are many at the moment. And I think, but the, what the industry is demanding really is like people who can bring those things to production and, you know, make them a product and integrate with a product. So that's kind of like the, the trend I'm seeing and kind of like if I would need to give an advice to anyone would be more like around there like you know if you can get a good engineer and and, and they get trained on, on those things like probably you will end up with some better results than if you only hire or you only get people who do research because I think that's the gap at the moment. It's really interesting you mentioned this because just before um, we started recording the podcast this morning I had a call with a CTO um, who was telling me about um, a problem they had with a team of, of highly, on paper, highly experienced AI um, engineers um, that were all PhDs and, and postdocs and um, highly academic people. And after they spent a huge amount of money, they discovered, um, because they hadn't actually been managed properly, um, that they they created this um, uh, amazing papers on AI but nothing that they could commercially use, and and there's a there's a difference between and this is the problem that people sometimes um, hire people that look amazing on paper because they have all these letters after their names, um, but they don't guide them or or coach them or help them through um, becoming the the commercial um, kind of engine they need rather than creating something that's innovative and cool but not necessarily serving anybody. Um, so it's interesting to hear that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and I I I think it's something I see every day, uh, like in many different places. I think, but also it's about like uh, I guess managing expectation because some some people like maybe you know they try to implement something with AI AI and they they ask you like you know how many publications you have in different journals and so on, and then at the end of the day you find out that mm, you know part of your job is doing research, but I think a very very important part is like to implement that and you know, to make a live system and a product. Uh, so I think there is um, th- there are some, some, some problems there <laughs> at the moment, I think, uh, like in terms of like job offers and what people are looking for. Um, so, f- so for instance, like um, in, in BGN, when, when I joined, um, kind of like as, you know, we were doing more and more work around like a different type of AI, how to integrate them. Um, like people came to realization that, we were looking for a slightly different profile than just, you know, just doing data science or, you know, train neural networks and, and you know, and, and do machine learning models. Uh, if in the case of BGN, we were looking more for people like who can make things happen and, and you know, and, and build a product. So, you know, the soft, I think one of the key things is like the software skills needs to be there. And, you know, and, and you know, uh, that's a bit tricky to find maybe in people who has been doing research. Uh, because you know they, they are evaluated by other kind of like output, like a paper, and and I completely understand that. But some companies, I think, don't get it. Like you, you maybe don't need a researcher; you need more like a very good software engineer you can train, really, because I think those things can be picked up. That's often true in tech, isn't it? That people can be taught um, skills that they don't yet have, but they have the base to to, to do the, the the basics really well. And then build on that. Um, the attitude is what matters more than anything, I think. Um, you've moved around a number of startups in Cambridge. Um, and is there, is, do you have any, any views on the vibrancy of the job market in Cambridge for tech, tech, come for tech jobs? Um, what, what do you think? How do you think Cambridge is different perhaps than other areas, especially during COVID? Just just before the pandemic, um, uh, where I was, uh, I was working for Talenza, and uh, like it was on restructuring, like in terms of like the project and so on. And after like two years and uh, some months, they needed to like um, yeah ch- change the project, and, and we kind of found ourselves with without a job. Uh, uh, so I was caught in the middle, and I think during the pandemic, I need to be honest, it was like uh, quite difficult to. <laughs> to find anything uh, anywhere because obviously there was a lot of uncertainty but um, after that I think it picked up and and now I think I can see many many companies being way more active and and I talk uh, to like uh, a few different uh, friends I have in recruiting industries and they, they are telling me like you know the demand is picking up again and in terms of like I think you know the job market here is is quite good I think probably there are not that many kind of AI, pure AI jobs just yet in Cambridge. They are, they are picking up. There are a like lot of machine learning. In my area of computer vision, there are some of them, but I think there are many here for embedded systems and, and you know, and, and, but, but the, I think it's changing a bit now with all the remote working possibilities. I think it's something I never thought about like before. And now I found myself doing a fully remote job, which for me, you know, maybe a few months ago was kind of like something I never, you know, th- uh, you know thought about it. And uh, yeah, quite enjoying that. And I think that that will change a lot the way 
companies are recruiting, recruiting and looking for talent. So, um, yeah, it's, it's quite a big change at the moment. So, for instance, the company I'm working for, they are based in Hove in the south of England uh, <laughs> and in Cambridge working now. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting times, to be honest. So, so you mentioned that you're, you're, you know, you're kind of working remote from the company HQ down on the south coast, but um, obviously I know that you're coming into the Bradfield Centre every day. So, you know, obviously, you, I guess you could just work at home because you're not kind of, you know, working alongside colleagues on a day-to-day basis. So, why, why does coming actually into the Bradfield Centre during the kind of, you know, the COVID times make sense for you? Do you? Is it to be around other people, just be in a better kind of working environment, you know, just to get you out of the house? What's what's the kind of motivations for coming in throughout the lockdown? Oh, yeah. So, for, for me, I think, like, uh, that was the main, like, uh, motivation. And to be honest, like, when, when I started, uh, because I, as I was saying, it was, you know, doing uh, job search uh, in the middle of the pandemic, and I spent a lot of time there at home until I found some, I, I found some contracts, and then I started working in a contract for a few months, and then I got this permanent job. Uh, but, yeah, f- for me, it was, like, uh, very difficult to be all the time there at home. So it's been like two or, 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 or three months just being there at home and without even having a job to do, you know what I mean? Like, so it's even worse. Um, so for me, it was essential to go somewhere else. And I knew the Bradfield from before. I went, I came here to many like Tech and Beer and many events. I know there is like a huge community and I really like the environment. Um, I even came, I think, here now that you mentioned it before for an interview with Spectral Edge and so on. So that's how, how I started, start, you know, a, a few other events for Cambridge Wireless. So so I really enjoyed the environment here. Like, you know, uh, I think, like, the fact that many people were here and with that kind of attitude of, like, you know, uh, networking with other, like, a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of, interesting companies so that's why i thought like you know uh i have to be honest i just live uh, at the other side of the uh, bridge in the a14 so it just take me here to walk maybe 25 minutes something like that so it's, it's nothing so i could as you said i could be at home but i think the environment i find here and and the people around and you know uh it also bring some sanity to the, the fact like I can just just change my environment from home to a different place like an office uh, so mentally it helps yeah we're starting to hear this from a lot of people like trying to get that kind of separation from work and home because you know people have been at home now for so long just having a fresh a fresh environment a different perspective a different view out the window it really helps people with their mental well-being and just to focus and uh and we forget you know a lot of people just don't have the space or the environment where they can work productively at home anyway right so it's uh, it's interesting you know i certainly can see people starting to to come back you know which is which is um great to see and Fernando, I was wondering, um, how did you, because your company, you said, is based in um, Hove, Brighton and Hove. Um, so Miles, how did you get them or convince them to get you some space at the Bradfield? Or how, how did that conversation come about? So, yeah, it's how, how, how it started. I mean, like BGN, like they are like very, very open and, and, and very, very good with like uh, to get any resources we need to work, like in terms of like hardware or anything. They are, they are an excellent, they are excellent for that. Like, you know, in terms of like <laughs> getting uh, myself one of the best laptop I could get and so on. So for them, like having a good place to work and an office was kind of like very easy to, you know, uh, they understand completely like 
mental well-being and <laughs> you know they want to keep keep everyone like happy and and so on so for for me it was kind of like yeah, i told them hey guys i think i i, I need to to start <laughs> working somewhere else i cannot do it all the time at home um and and you know as i'm a full remote employee i'm not planning to go back to the office like where, where like they they live around hope they they are planning to go back one day <laughs> but i not obviously so i needed to set settle myself somewhere where it was not home because you know uh, I, with all the pandemic and so on like not going out and so on it was quite difficult so for them um uh, we we have some arrangement in terms of like uh uh, the office of so the, the office is 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 B, uh, BGN office so that's the allocated desk I have, and I use it as an employee of the company. So yeah, that, that's the idea. And you know, after that, we start having conversation, and um, my boss uh, Tom said, like, uh, look, I mean, we are looking for people like fully remote because like now the company is you know switch the mentality to say they already have some fully remote uh, employees, but not that many, and they say like. I think it's working for us. Like if we can get more people and, you know, you are in Cambridge, so probably you can attract talent there. And and if we could have a kind of like start growing a small office there in the Bradfield Center, we are very happy for that. So, yeah, and and we are kind of like in that journey at the moment. So uh, with plans to grow it here. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. I believe that you are kind of looking ahead and and growing the team. Um, So, you know, how do people kind of get in touch? What kind of skills are you looking for? So yeah, I mean, like uh, to be honest, like the, the company is, is is growing quite fast, and and you know, in terms of like um, hiring the right talent, they always have been there for that. Like we have a very very good team uh, at the moment. I'm very happy. It's kind of like from the companies I have been working uh, in the last few years. I think it's one of the best teams I have been working with. Like. Uh, Everyone, you know, have ownership and a lot of commitment and, and they are very good at what they do. So that's why we are like, we keep growing it and we basically look for for talent like um, in many different areas, not only like in AI, but also like uh, web backend, front end, um, project managing. So there are like many areas where we want to keep growing the company. Uh, and, and really, we just look for, you know, people who really enjoy what they do and, and they want to add more value and you know i'm working uh in a team and you know i think it's a very interesting challenging like a challenge in terms of like working for motorsport it's like very demanding and so on and down the line we would like to expand to other industries so yeah that's that's why we're growing growing the team and in terms of like um getting in touch probably i could be one of the ways uh, or like uh, the bgn events uh, web page that could be another way um but yeah we are starting to advertise that a bit more uh we're in the process thank you for coming on the show fernando it's really exciting to hear about this company that uh, sounds like they have a really good culture and also that it's amazing that you're based in cambridge but work for a company that's completely based somewhere else and uh you never thought that this would be the case this time last year i'm sure so um we're delighted to have you in the Bradfield, and it's uh, it's nice to hear your story. It's nice to hear the company also supports you, uh, you know, getting a, a co-working, co-working space somewhere as well to to enable you to thrive and not feel completely isolated, especially during lockdown. I'm I'm sure I speak for both James and I uh, that we absolutely loved having you on the show, and it was really interesting hearing about um, uh, the sort of tech that you're working on and your journey with AI as well. Um, so thanks for coming, Fernando. No problem. Thank you very much. See you around the Bradford Center. 
it was really interesting to hear Fernando confirming uh, something that I was just speaking to uh, a CTO about this week, about um, hiring highly academic AI specialists who are effectively academic researchers without um, programming um, skills. It's, it's really important to think when hiring about getting the, the job done and just because someone looks like an expert on paper, it doesn't mean they can deliver a um, commercial product. So it's very interesting hearing that from Fernando as well. Yeah, and I, I just thought the well, the whole thing was interesting, but that the the, the the conversation around Fernando coming into the Bradfield Centre throughout the whole lockdown period, you know, is really interesting because you know, I think people fall into that kind of assumption that just because tech companies are well suited to work remotely that really underestimates you know the kind of the human need to be around other people have a change of scenery have a better separation between work and home life um and of course you know not everyone has a has a home office or space to set up a laptop they might be homeschooling their kids and you know there's chaos everywhere you know so there's um there's a lot of things to take into account it's interesting to kind of speak to someone that's going through that right now yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned this in a LinkedIn post just last week, um, where I um, I spoke to an executive from a really big company who was saying the same. That he was saying it's almost a year now he's been working from home, and even though he has the space to work from home, which some people don't, he really prefers to go into, um, into a, a, a business like the Bradfield and be surrounded by other people because it's driving him absolutely crazy working alone from home. Thank you very much to Fernando Martin for being with us today and also special thanks to Carl Homer of Cambridge TV for producing the show. You can listen to previous episodes by searching for Inside the Bradfield Centre on pretty much every podcasting platform out there, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Amazon Music. And if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating. It really helps other people discover the podcast. Mm-hmm.